1: And welcome to another edition of the Dice Trade Cast on Road of Radio, brought to you by our friends over at Blue Wire and Bet Online. I am your host for the evening, uh, Nathan Powell, and today I am joined by my friend Ray Garvin of DLF Football and Destination Debbie. How's it going, Ray?
2: It's going well, Nathan. I'm excited to talk to you about some football and the players that we're going to discuss and uh, how all of that intertwines with what's going on with the start of college football is not going to start. Is it going to start the NFL? Are we going to have it? Are we not? So it's just kind of fun to talk about these guys right now. So I'm excited
1: yeah for sure. I feel like this is one of the deeper devi landscapes that we've seen in recent years, especially with uh, one of the main topics we're going to talk about today is the returning seniors or retro juniors. and that was a big reason why this has become a pretty deep uh, Debbie class right now.
2: Yeah, there's some players that I think a lot of people, a lot of fantasy gamers, a lot of people in the dynasty community, the Devity community, really thought uh, we're gonna declare in 2020 some shocking, very shocking for me. Um, be, but because they are returning, uh, it's you know, and I don't, Nathan, I don't want to be this guy. I don't want to be the guy that's like this year's class is better than last year's class, and you know we always are doing that. But 2021 is looking really. Really good, and as excited as we were for 2020, this year I think we should be equally as excited uh, for some different positions in it for 2021.
1: For sure, and so like I said, we're going to talk some Debbie on the show today, and as we get into the show, we're we're going to start by talking about redshirt uh, juniors and returning seniors, and actually we're going to talk about a guy who was a bit in the news on the day of this recording, and that is Chuba Hubbard, and he is also the focus of our FFPC stat attack uh, your F, your ffpc stat attack for the day is that chuba hubbard had more rushing yards 2094 than his starting quarterback had passing yards 2065 so that's your ffpc stat attack you don't see that every day a starting <laughs> running back having more rushing yards than his quarterback does have passing yards Make sure to check out uh, the FFPC and uh, all the all the awesome action they have going on there uh, with seasonal leagues, best ball leagues, everything you you could want from a fantasy perspective. We got the FFPC going on; they're always great supporters of Rotovision and Rotovision Radio. So make sure that if you are looking for public leagues, that you are use you are using FFPC, the only place to play fantasy football. Now let's get into our Chuba Hubbard talk. We'll start off with Chuba Hubbard. Uh, like I t- did just say, he had over. 2,000 rushing yards in his redshirt sophomore season uh, in 2019 and he uh, to, to a bit of a surprise of most he did uh, return to college and didn't enter this 20, uh, 2020 NFL draft so what were your thoughts when he stayed in, in, in school uh, did that put any red flags up for you Ray or what are your thoughts on Hubbard as, as it stands now?
2: Yeah, I was a little shocked that he did not declare. Uh, He's a redshirt sophomore, so, you know, you see sometimes those redshirt sophomores come back for their redshirt junior season, but coming off of a 2,000-yard season where he was dominant and received 28 carries, I really thought that would probably make that jump. Now, I know a lot of people said because the class was so deep, could that have played a factor into his decision? I don't know. I don't know because it, we saw Clyde edwards Lair go number one as as far as the running backs were concerned over the great Jonathan Taylor. But uh, I do think that it will allow him to come back. And he, he was in the news today, but he's going to come back and hopefully clean up some of the areas uh, that he was deficient in last year. But I, I was shocked. But he's going to smash again in uh, this college football season.
1: I will say I was scrolling your Twitter timeline before we started, and one of your more recent tweets was you retweeting a tweet of your own that (laughs) Chuba Hubbard was the RB1 last year. Uh, So I can certainly respect that. I was a big fan of Hubbard uh, entering the season as well, uh, but certainly I did not have him as the RB1. (laughs) But as far as uh, Debbie is concerned, the one thing as far as, like, new starting Debbie leagues, there really isn't much of a conversation in terms of running backs you're looking at these re- returning redshirt uh, junior and senior uh, running backs with ETN Hubbard, Harris, all these guys are clearly above all of the freshmen and sophomores right now. And, you know, certainly that could change by, you know, mid season if we have a season, but as of now, the, the safe options are in the older backs.
2: Yeah. Uh, and I, I don't think it's particularly close. I think it's those three in a tier of their own, and then there's a massive gap, and then you've got some other good players, but you know Hubbard, Harris, and Etienne are clearly the top three rushers in college football. You know, I've been I've been trying to find this year's version of Clyde Edwards-Helaire, and I, I'm just not seeing it right now. But hell, we didn't see Clyde Edwards-Helaire. Most people didn't see that either. But uh, Hubbard is is definitely a tier one running back in Devi in startups. He's going in the first round. He's projected first-round rookie draft pick, so uh, he's he's locked and loaded.
1: Yep, and now we'll go on to another running back here. Travis Etienne uh, had seven point eight yards per carry, 19 touchdowns as a junior, 56 touchdowns in three seasons in college <laughs> football so far. Uh, he's had a decent college career. Another guy, I'm not sure. And honestly. I'm worried a bit because I'm, I'm still wondering, like, why? What's the reason these guys returned? Is it just that, like, the NFL said, hey, here's a second-round grade, and they're like, oh, well, I want a first-round grade. Like, right. that's the only possible thing that could make any sort of sense. But the, the back of my mind like, eh, maybe there's something wrong. Maybe they see, you yeah. know, not a proficiency in the passing game or, or whatever it may be with these backs. Uh, but, you know, Etienne had 37 catches for 432 yards this past season, so I don't think that's really the concern with him. He is my favorite of these three etn um and i i think that he is in the argument in terms of like a startup debbie i would say it's between him and jamar chase for a, a one qb debbie 101
2: i mean Etienne, uh, and i'm not I, I don't say this lightly i'm not it's not hyperbole i have not seen uh, a running back with his acceleration his zero to 60 his ability to go from a dead stop to top end speed as fast as he does since like a Chris Johnson. Now I know Tyreek Hill is probably the fastest, fastest accelerator in the game today, but that's what it looks like when Travis Etienne gets the ball. He is shot out of a cannon. His, his choice to return for a senior year was much more shocking than Juba Hubbard's. And even to a certain degree, more shocking than Najee Harris. I, I really thought that etn. I mean, everyone did. We all had him projected as one of these running backs who were going to be in the twenty twenty draft. And his return, it really, uh, they, like they, maybe they like college. I mean, that's that, they just want to be college. I, I, I'm just, I don't know. I don't. Maybe know he what just wants reason. one more
1: year of Trevor Lawrence.
2: <laughs> yeah, maybe that's what it is. I, I don't know, man. What, whatever Dabo was selling down there, he bought it. So, yeah, surprising. All
1: right, and we'll wrap up the running back talk. Of, the, of this group with Najee Harris. Once again, another guy that was a bit of a surprise to return, but another guy who has had a very successful college career. And I feel like we've had a little bit of a lull. Like, you know, we had that large run of Alabama running backs year after year, year after year. And I feel like Najee Harris is like, all right, guys, chill out. Now I'm the back and no one else is going to, you know, be the, the stud back for a little bit right now. T- 1,200 yards, 13 touchdowns as uh, a junior. And you know, I, I just see him as a guy who's probably a top 40, top 50 pick in the NFL draft next year and thus going to be a top five rookie pick.
2: Yeah, he to me, he's the most complete running back of the three. Well-rounded. He does everything exceptional to be six foot two, 235 pounds, to have the footwork that Najee Harris displays. We saw him have seven uh, receiving touchdowns this year, but he was proficient in that category. And then he literally carried Alabama on his back. We all know what happened to Tula. Mac Jones is okay, but Najee Harris. I mean, he showed why that he was the number two overall recruit in 2017. That's the type of skill set that you have. And six foot two, 230 pounds. He is. He is a big man that can move very, very well. He's my. He is my number one running back in the 2021 class.
1: Yeah, and I think that any of the three guys we've talked about. If, if, if you say any of them are the RB1 this time next year yeah. or uh, this time in 10 months, then I don't think you'll be surprised about it. Uh, we'll wrap up this segment with Tamorian and Terry, uh, wide receiver FSU, big play, deep threat um, over in North Florida. And he was one of my favorites this time last year. Uh, when, you, when I see a, a redshirt freshman with 21.3 yards per catch, I'm like, <laughs> whoa, Debbie Radar, let's go. And, you know, he did it with some decent volume, 744 receiving yards. And then he just backed it up in his retro sophomore year with 1188 and 19.8 and nine touchdowns. So this guy has taken, you know, a mess of an offense at Florida State and tried to make it somewhat viable. (laughs) And so I'm a big Terry fan. I I think that he is going to be, you know, top four, top five wide receiver in the class next
2: year. I'm with you. He's top five for me. He's a top five Mm -hmm. wide receiver in the class. He is an athletic freak. He is going to test ridiculously well at the NFL Combine. I, and I'm talking at 6'4", I think he's about 215 pounds. He's going to potentially push for sub 4'4". Four four. He's got that type of speed, but he is more than just a, a one-trick pony. You watch him run a lot of shallow crossers. He definitely has to expand his route tree, but Terry is – He's the best wide receiver that many that most people aren't talking about, and I'm with you, Nathan. I think he's going to be a top four, top five wide receiver, and after he tests, he, he's probably going to work his way in the first round of rookie drafts next year.
1: Yeah, and, that, and like we've talked about, it might be hard to fit yourself into the first round of rookie drafts next year, but I do believe Terry might end up sneaking himself into that end of that first round. Next, we'll move on to the quarterback position, and we'll start off with a couple of the 2021 guys and then kind of expand from there. So we have Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields. These are guys that are probably, you know, regarded as two of the best quarterback prospects since Jameis Winston. uh, And, you know, for good reason. And I I like both these guys. I think that they could easily be top 12 dynasty quarterbacks the minute that they are, you know, entered into your dynasty rankings. And I think that they're both going to be top. I mean, obviously it depends on, you know, how the draft falls particularly, but I'd assume both these guys are going to be top five, top six NFL draft picks both very successful at the college level. Obviously, Fields i mean, Fields did not get to do it as much until his uh, sophomore season, but Lawrence has two years of it, of basically playing 14 games one of the last championship two years. So, uh, yeah, lots to see from, from Lawrence and Fields, and I think that they're both you know, spectacular quarterback prospects.
2: I mean, I don't even know how much you want me to add to that. I mean, it's Trevor Lawrence and it's Justin Fields. People have Lawrence 1, Fields 2, or you see Fields 1, Lawrence 2 – Either way, uh, I don't I don't think you can go wrong with either of these quarterbacks, and I'm with you. I think the day that they hear their names called, they've got an argument immediately to be top twelve uh, dynasty values at quarterback. I will say this about about Trevor Lawrence, and I don't know uh, I don't know why people look at him and just think pocket passer, because I'd venture to say. In the open field, he may not be as creative a runner as Justin Fields, but when he's in the open field, he's just as good and he looks, if not faster, than Justin Fields. When he's, I mean, go look at some of the runs that Trevor Lawrence had last year. He's going to not only give you that ceiling with his arm, but he's also going to provide, I think he's going to be one of those players who, you know, 300 yards rushing you know, maybe even 400 yards in a good season. I don't think that's out of the question for Trevor Lawrence either. Not that you want him doing that, but he's not some statute in the pocket that's immobile. He's very athletic.
1: Well, it, it's a similar dichotomy to what happened with Tua and Burrow early on in the draft process where people would try and make the argument like, I don't want Tua because I don't want him relying on his legs. When Burrow had more <laughs> rushing yards than, than Tua did as a collegiate quarterback. So, you know, it's just lazy scouting and people are like, oh, I see see this so this must mean this yep, yep. you know and that's certainly not the case I mean yeah Fields is a good runner but also Trevor Lawrence also a, a good runner and as the NFL evolves the Matt Ryans the Matthew Staffords the Drew Breeses those guys are are dying they're not going to be a thing anymore and tr- Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields are that new era quarterback yep. both both being over a 9.9 AYA or higher, I am – that's pretty much – I am am a box score scout in a way, and when I'm seeing that 9.5 or higher AYA, and I'm seeing that from both of them in multiple seasons, I'm like, okay, like these guys are <laughs> great, great quarterback prospects. I don't know what else to tell you.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, hit the nail on the head.
1: All right. Let's go to that – the next – grouping of quarterbacks and this is a mix of 2021 and 2022 quarterbacks and I guess we can you know just talk talk about the ones we want to talk about we have Sam Howell, Kidon Slovis, Brock Purdy, Jaden Daniels and Trey Lance. Uh, my, my favorite here of course is Sam Howell. I, I think that he is early on proving to be a guy who's projected to be a top five pick in his draft class in two years and he's doing so at North Carolina like which you know a lot of these other names are at more of a marquee programs. And how is it doing that? Yes, he has some nice weapons with De'Ami Brown and Daz Newsome, but he is doing a lot with a little. And so I, I do think that he is, uh, you know, exceptional young quarterback, and he is my my, my third Debbie quarterback as of now.
2: I, you know, I, I don't want to come on shows and just be like, I agree, I agree, I agree. <laughs> but, dude, I mean, we, we're thinking alike. I, of all the quarterbacks that you named, talented, phenomenal talents – it's Sam Howell for me and it's I'm not even thinking about anybody else Sam Howell what he did at North Carolina as a true freshman as a true freshman was 3600 passing yards 38 TDs 7 interceptions and he and, and what sold it for me is I watched every minute of the North Carolina Clemson game for whatever reason, <laughs> Mac Brown decides to run this triple option for two in North Carolina, ends up losing. I think it was in overtime or right to go. I meant they had Clemson on the ropes and Sam somehow, like every time I turned on the tape, he was just dealing. And then in their final bowl game, I believe they played Virginia Tech Temple. It was Temple. They played Temple in their bowl game. And if you want to watch just an accuracy clinic, go turn on that tape. Because Sam Howe was putting balls on the money, and I was like, this dude's he's a top pick in the NFL draft. So of all of the players that you named, I love Sam Howe. I'm a USC Trojans fanatic, grew up watching the Trojans, so I'm very excited about Keaton Slovis. I think with the weaponry that he has, I'm in Ross St. Brown and Drake London and Tyler Vaughn's. And finally, a competent offensive coordinator, Graham Harrow, back for a second season. Slovis is going to put his name on the map. The only concern I have about Slovis is uh, I believe he's got s- some concussion history quite a bit, it, multiple concussions uh, in his high school and you, collegiate career. You couldn't have told
1: me that before I took him in two leagues? Come on. Yeah, so I'm <laughs> just I'm
2: just cautiously – Optimistic, and and he was down and out from a concussion this past season, uh, missed multiple games. But the arm talent, I I love Slovis.
1: Yeah, and my my other guy from this group that I I'm targeting in all my leagues is Jaden Daniels uh, out of Arizona State, 9.4 AYA, 17 touchdowns, two interceptions. Once again, just doing a lot, and that obviously the Pac-12 isn't the best defensive conference, but that type of production as a true freshman is something to look at, and you know. Ideal size, 6'3", as, as a quarterback, might need to add some weight, according to uh, C, uh, College of war Reference, he's at 175. But anyways, with, with Daniels, I think that we see him develop as a passer, increase that six point sixty point seven completion percentage in year two. And I think he develops as a passer. You know, we don't see what he put on film at, at 18 years old very often.
2: Right. Yeah.
1: And uh, is there any other quarterbacks that you would like to hit on from this list, or or outside of this list?
2: Well, you know we got to talk about Trey Lance. You know <laughs> we got to talk about Trey Lance, the mm-hmm. the North Dakota State product after Easton Easton Stick and and Carson Wentz. Now we got Trey Lance. Look, Lance is talented, man. I as good as Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields are. When I watch the tape, the ball does not jump off of their hands the way it jumps out of Trey Lance's hands. He's got some zip, um, but listen, the FCS is not the ACC, it's not the Big Ten, and for a redshirt sophomore to declare from an FCS school, it's got to be pretty ballsy. If he gets the, you know, if he gets the the draft grade, he's got to go. But even Carson Wentz stayed until a senior season. But Lance is definitely intriguing. He is that new age prospect. Uh, Twenty eight touchdowns through the air, zero interceptions. 1100 yards on the ground. The kid can move. He's big. He can run. He's got a live arm. Uh, you know, I, I just I, I don't know if he's gonna come out this year, but he, he probably should. But I'll trade Lance.
1: All right, let's move on to the running back position. And like we talked about, the uh, running back class is a bit underwhelming after those returning players. And so the, the top three basically right now are Max Borgi, uh Journey Brown. Yep Journey, yep. Journey. Yeah. Journey Brown. Sorry. And Zamir. Mere White, uh, you know, so kind of projecting s- some stuff with with all three of these guys. W- who is your favorite of this bunch, and do you think any of them are overvalued at this stage?
2: None of them. None of them. No. Uh, if, you, if, you're, <laughs> if, you're, if you're if you're forcing me to pick one, I would take Journey Brown. I am not a fan of Orgy. I know a lot of people. It's a name that people hear. You look at his receptions and all those passes that he caught. And people, again, the lazy comp, he's a white running back, so he's either Danny Woodhead or he's Christian McCaffrey. Well, let me tell you something. He ain't either of the two. He's not Danny Woodhead, and he damn sure isn't Christian McCaffrey. I I am not a Borgie fan. We will see how he does this year without Mike Leach in that offense. He is low, low, low. I I would say right now, Nathan, uh, he – if he's a fourth round pick, that would be a win for me in the NFL draft. Like I don't I don't see him going. He's definitely not going first round. I don't see him as a day two pick. Zamir White, I, I know last season was his first live action since 2017, but all the hype surrounding Zeus White, he just he didn't look very good last year in limited duty. I know he only carried the ball, I think it was a little over 70 times. Didn't look good. Two ACL tears. Listen, Georgia and running backs and knees, no thank you. I'll pass on Zeus White. And Journey Brown, you know, he came out of nowhere. That dude was barely a top 1,000 recruit. Uh, he is very fast. I know he won the uh, Pennsylvania State Championship in the 100-meter dash like a 10.4, which is faster than Chuba Hubbard. Uh, but he, he still has to fire off Noah Kane. He didn't really start coming on until late. So he'd be the one that I would take out of these three. But I'm not particularly high on any of them.
1: Yeah, and he did have 6.9 yards per carry, 12 touchdowns, so, uh, so some nice numbers as a sophomore for, for Journey Brown. Are there any other uh, class of 2021 backs that we haven't talked about that you would you would have above these guys or a guy that you're you're watching? I know you said you were looking for th- this year's uh, Clyde Edwards-Layer, and you, you weren't having much success with that.
2: Yeah, I, I'm not finding that yet because I need to find somebody who's kind of under the radar. But the guy that's ranked ahead of these players for me, I'll just throw two out there. Isaiah Spiller, he's going to be a true sau- – well, he's not 2021, excuse me. 2021, Kenneth Gainwell, that would be the guy. I would take sure. Kenneth Gainwell over all three of these players. He's uh, – I don't care. People want to give me, oh, the gimmick Memphis offense. As a redshirt freshman, over 1,400 yards on the ground and over 600 receiving yards, give me that guy. 5'11", 195, 191 is what Memphis has him listed at. I definitely want to see him put on some weight, but his three-down skill set, his ability to run between the tackles and then work outside, work from out of the backfield in the receiving game. Kenneth Gainwell is my guy. I think he is very talented.
1: And people forget that he averaged 22.8 yards per carry in his true freshman season
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> on four carries.
2: Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs>
1: But, yes, no, I, I do like Kane, uh, Gainwell uh, a lot as well. Now let's go on to the 2022 backs. I agree with you. Uh, Isaiah Spiller is a guy who I have above all of those guys. He's a guy that I'm targeting targeting in all my Debbie leagues. When you put up that production in the SEC, it's production to look to look after. So, once again, I feel like we're on, like, a wavelength. Uh, maybe yeah. we need to do more pods together. Uh, <laughs> but Isaiah Spiller is my favorite of, of this de- of this Debbie bunch right now. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, Charbonnet and uh, Brees Hall?
2: Yeah, I've got I've got Brees one, but it's a it's a tight one because I think Spiller, like you said, that production is a true freshman in the SEC. You cannot like you can't just dismiss that. And I believe I, I don't have his stats pulled up, Nathan, but I believe he caught over. Did he catch over 20 passes last year too? Uh,
1: 29 catches for
2: 203? Yeah, 203. yeah. <laughs> I mean, that. That threshold, man. As a true freshman, he was doing that. So Spiller is is a player that not a lot of people are talking about, but boy, they are they are going to miss a good one. And then I I do like Brees Hall's uh, three down skill set. He's a he's six one, I believe two fifteen. Uh, like Breeze, uh, Zach Zach Charbonnet. I, I I found myself drafting him earlier. H- he's good, but I don't I don't know if he's the same. I don't think he's as versatile as the other two. Um, he's more of a, a one-two-down runner. I know he can catch the ball in the backfield, but he's a talented running back as well. Twenty twenty-two is all right. There's some there's some pretty good running backs in the twenty twenty-two class.
1: All right, before we head into uh, the wide receiver position, I hear a word from our sponsor well it's time to hear from our friends over at bet online there is no shortage of action going on with our exclusive sponsors BetOnline.ag. sports are slowly making their way back and bet online is leading the way with the the best odds and lines for all ufc nascar boxing and soccer matches and if you need even more they have simulated nfl nba and ufc simulations all day every day live on their website Looking for something else other than sports? BetOnline has hundreds of casino games, poker tournaments, and prop bets to check out. Visit betonline.ag using promo code BLUEWIRE, B-L-U-E-W-I-R-E, for a free welcome bonus. That's BLUEWIRE, B-L-U-E-W-I-R-E. BetOnline, your online wagering expert. All right, let's go on to the wire receiver position before we uh, sneak in a quick edition of Devi or Not, everyone's favorite game. All right, wire receivers. Uh, the first question is, how far is the gap between Jamar Chase and Rashad Bateman, Rondale Moore, etc.
2: Well, I would say not far because Chase is not my wide receiver one. So the gap oh, no. between <laughs> comes the others and uh, Chase is not. No, it's those. Are, that's my tier one wide receivers i'm i'm thinking about maybe adding a, a fourth but that's the that's the clear tier gap uh tier for me of of wide receivers i it by saying right now at this point in time on june whatever what's the today june fifteenth 2020 tiers are far more important than the actual number ranking inside the tier but but With that being said, Jamar Chase is not my wide receiver one nor wide receiver two in the 2021 class. Fantastic. But uh, I I prefer Bateman and Rondell Moore to Jamar Chase right now at this point in time. But he's still a tier one wide receiver, top tier wide receiver.
1: See, I I just don't see this. (laughs) I don't personally, I don't see the ceiling that that Chase has in Bateman and Moore. I think Bateman and Moore could both be very good NFL wide receivers. I see Chase as having the Julio Dez type ceiling. And I don't really see that from, from Bateman. I, I can see, you know, the Antonio Brown type ceiling for Moore, but I, I don't, I don't see the ceiling of Chase and Moore at least.
2: So let me just, let me just ask you the question. I am just asking the question
1: Yeah. yeah.
2: of the Debbie, in the fantasy space of all of the, of uh, of all the information that we have and is as, as Julio Ask as Jamar Chase is he went completely undrafted he went completely undrafted in Devi I mean he's available everywhere no I've yet to I've, I, in one league somebody took him to the second to last pick in a debbie league that I was in in a four round 14 team Devi now I'm not I'm not saying that's the reason why he's not where he's at but I'm asking you this question Nathan Mm -hmm. The greatest offensive season in college football history, the most efficient, the most productive offense that the game since before you were born, your parents were born before their parents were born. We've never seen what LSU did in 2019 and had Jamar Chase missed one game. Justin Jefferson would be the SEC's all time receiving yards leader and touchdowns leader. I'm just asking, how much does that factor in to what we saw from Jamar Chase? Because nobody was doing this after his 200-yard freshman campaign. I'm just asking the question.
1: First of all, 313-yard freshman campaign.
2: Excuse (laughs) excuse me. Excuse
1: me. But also, I I love how you used the argument that I had all rookie season for fading CEH, that – ch wouldn't be a first round pick without that historic uh, lsu offense and so that, that, that's why I, I was fading him but that's not but I, but then again i'm targeting jamar chase um but i don't know i I, I, don't, I don't think you can fully just say okay the offense gave him 21.6 yards per catch the offense gave him 20 touchdowns certainly it's a it's a element of it but you know i i, I see the argument for it for sure um but you know, the things he did in 2020, I mean, 2019 were very impressive.
2: What about the, wait, wait a minute. What about the things that Rondell Moore did as a true freshman over 112 receptions to over 1200 yards? He did it in the punt return game, running the ball, set the big 10 receiving uh, receptions record as a true, fr- I mean, this kid won the Paul Horning award as a true freshman. Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, Odell Beckham. I think those are good players. So it's is it out of sight, out of mind? And then Rashad Bateman is playing alongside the fantasy industry's greatest wide receiver to ever play the game, Tyler Johnson. <laughs> Yet Jer- Rashad Bateman was clearly the better wide receiver on that team. What, what are you – the ceiling, I don't even think – here's the thing. I don't even think you know what Jamar Chase's ceiling is because what we saw from LSU in 2019 was the ceiling of they their ceiling was literally knocking it at, at the pearly gates like they made it to heaven <laughs> that was the type of ceiling that that LSU's offense I could have caught 4,000 yards in LSU's offense so I don't even think we know what Chase's true ceiling is because we haven't we haven't seen a, a real season out of Jamar Chase and he's fantastic I I'd love him. He is a tier one wide receiver, breaking tackle machine. He's fantastic. I just think people are jumping the shark just a tad bit.
1: It's definitely possible that that we as a collective are jumping the shark. Now let's go to uh, the next uh, group of wide receivers. We're talking some 2022 wide receivers. We have Garrett Wilson, Wilson, Joe Ngata, and David Bell. I'm going to give some rapid fire takes here. Uh, Joe Angada, he definitely has a huge bump up with the Justin Ross injury. I think that he's going to get an opportunity to be you know, a wide receiver one in that Clemson offense, which, if you haven't heard, being a wide receiver one in the Clemson offense means you're going to be picked in the first round. So uh, certainly an opportunity for him at the very least, and I, I think that bumps up his value. David Bell, I think, is being a bit overvalued. I, I think that he kind of be got put into... A situation where he was the only show in town, and granted, there's been plenty of Purdue wide receivers that were the only show in town that didn't put up David Bell numbers. But I think that David Bell definitely benefited from no Rondell Moore or a you know a limited Rondell Moore in 2020. And uh, Garrett Wilson, I think he's you know your prototypical five-star wide receiver in a you know top program who's you know just gonna keep on chugging along and being a very good NFL wide receiver prospect.
2: Yeah, and George Pickens is better than all of them.
1: Yeah, that's true. Yes. I, and, George, and George Pickens <laughs> is
2: better than all of them. Um, I'm with you. I, I like David Bell, but I think he was just the only ticket in town. I think Joe and in- Ngata in- in- is going to be – he's got a chance to smash this year. He's going he's gonna to have every opportunity – to be that guy. And Garrett Wilson is just an athletic freak. Some of the catches, he didn't make a lot of catches, but the ones that he made were just ridiculous last year. Uh, so another what's new Ohio state and another wide receiver. So Garrett Wilson, that's next in line.
1: All right. That'll wrap up the serious talk of the Dice Cast <laughs> today. Now we're going to do some Devi or not. Uh, for those new to the program, I will be giving uh, Ray a name and that player will either be, a Debbie a college football player or not. It will be a TV or movie attorney uh, <laughs> in honor of our special guest, Ray. So Debbie or not uh, attorney edition Debbie or not. Here we come. We're going to talk some Devies and attorneys. So I will <laughs> say a name and uh, Ray will have to choose whether it is a Debbie or a uh, attorney. And so we'll start off with, Tyler Van Dyke.
2: That's an attorney.
1: That is a Miami quarterback. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) He's he's an incoming freshman. Uh,
2: Shows how much I know. (laughs)
1: Next one, uh, Jackie Chiles.
2: It's a player.
1: Oh, come on, Jackie Child.
2: Okay. Who is it? I don't watch... Jackie, I don't watch attorney shows.
1: Jackie Childs is is the, the, the attorney from Seinfeld.
2: <laughs> oh, I've never watched an episode of Seinfeld.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, Jackie Childs is the greatest uh, television lawyer of all time. So there you go.
2: Okay. Um, for two.
1: Yeah, there we go. Uh, Johnny
2: Wilson. Uh, an attorney. <laughs>
1: 0 for 3. Arizona State wire receiver.
2: <laughs> Son of a
1: <laughs> All right, next one. Seth McGowan.
2: That's a player.
1: There you go. That's First one from on the board. Year. Do Do you know where where he plays?
2: Uh, I don't even want to. I, I want to guess, but he's he's not at he's not at Penn State, is he? Oklahoma, Oklahoma. Okay, All
1: right, All right next one. Mitch McDear.
2: No, that's that's an attorney.
1: <laughs> an attorney from the firm.
2: Yeah, that's an attorney.
1: All right, uh, next one. Uh, Dan Fielding.
2: There's no one in college football named Dan. That's an attorney.
1: <laughs> attorney, night court. You're on fire. It's me for three. Let's see. <laughs> uh, the last one for you, Logan Smothers.
2: Oh, that's a player.
1: Oh, there we go. I think you you heated up right
2: there. Yeah, right. there we go. I I was <laughs> nervous, man. I'm not gonna lie. I was a little. And then when I started off over two, I'm like, oh crap, this isn't gonna go well.
1: But Logan Smothers, Nebraska quarterback, right. uh, those are all uh, incoming freshmen. I, had to, I knew I had to dig deep because you're a Debbie guy. So uh, w- with my friend John Brosh, I could actually use some guys that are actually <laughs> rostered. But I, I know I couldn't get away with uh, you doing some rostered Debbie players.
2: <laughs> well, I picked it back up. I saved, I saved face <laughs> at the end. There we
1: go. All right, Ray, uh, Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, let us know where we can find your work.
2: Yeah, uh, on uh, Destination Devi podcast, uh, comes out once a week, YouTube channel, DLF, uh, do Devi writing over there, at DLF, awesome platform. And then if you want some personal access with me and an awesome Devi community, patreon.com forward slash all gas, really fun over there.
0: What's up, listeners? This is Curtis Patrick. I just wanted to stop by and say thank you for supporting Rotoviz Radio. You are the absolute best audience in the business, and I know it. As a special thank you, I'm offering 10% off your next Rotoviz subscription. Just use code 2020RVRADIO at checkout. That's right. Go to rotoviz.com, click subscribe, and enter code 2020RVRADIO at checkout for 10% off. You can even extend your subscription. Oh, and one more thing. If you haven't ever done it, please rate and review the podcast you're listening to right now, on apple Podcasts. it's really easy it only takes like 10 15 seconds just do it we'd love to hear your feedback now back to the show
1: all righty thank you so much for coming on ray and that'll do it for tonight's podcast and we'll talk to you guys next week Kadosh. stay inside